and its puppet masters almost surely have a plan. This clearly may be something there beyond the realm of man. And until you thoroughly tested every last close chested view, I find the more you think you know, the less you really do. Where would we be without THC? Cause we know they're lying to us, just don't know to what degree. Where would we be without THC? The higher side chat show. Great Carwood and Company. Serenity now, higher side chatters, doing the thing from the Sunshine State. I'm Greg Carlwood, and I would venture to guess that most of us come from a long line of people who didn't really like how governments, royals, and aristocrats were running their lives, but never did get a chance to change that. Today, we have the World Economic Forum and the Federal Reserve, ESG scores and EMFs, data harvesting and deplatforming lead water pipes and glyphosate-soaked groceries. We here see problems others have not even begun to understand, which is why some big sweeping solutions might never come, because like I said, we aren't the first to grumble about the corruption and oppression within whatever system we happen to be born into, and that dissatisfaction hasn't really done a lot to dismantle the big machine or make it any more honest. So I've come to consider the best solutions to be the ones that don't require any campaigning or convincing or worst of all, waiting. And that means things you can do on the individual level, being the change you want to see, and hoping to inspire the rest through positive action rather than snarky memes and Infowars bumper stickers. Are we really just going to watch the slow erosion of our purchasing power and acknowledge that the corporate frankenfoods we continue to lean on only extract more health and wealth from our families without doing anything to correct it? Isn't it time to put your phone down, get off the couch, and put your hands in the dirt? I think so, and that is why we are bringing back the ever-inspiring Jim Gale of Food Forest Abundance, a man on a mission to claw back some autonomy from the controller class, re-educate Americans as to how to cultivate nutrient-dense foods, rebuild our relationship with nature, and replace lawns with edible abundance everywhere he can. I love it. So let's go, guys. The monoculture critic, abundance advocate, and modern Garden of Eden engineer, Jim, welcome back to THC. Uh, thank you so much, Greg. It's such a pleasure and an honor to be here. You were one of the first people to share this message. And because of you, there's massive abundance being created around the world. There are so many people in your wonderful audience that have heard this message and taken action. And that is the key. If we want to earn our freedom, then we have to take action. And like you said, it's not posting memes. Memes are great, and I post my share. But it's actually planting seeds that are exponential in growth. And on this show today, I've actually been preparing. I actually started with a fast about five, six days ago. I started with a 36-hour fast. I didn't eat anything. I just drank a lot of water, and I meditated. And I also am fasting on caffeine, alcohol, and cannabis. And my energy, I feel it rising. I think it's mostly because alcohol is a soul sucker, right? I'm still a fan of caffeine and I'm still a fan of cannabis and I'll probably still have alcohol again. (laughs) But yes, I'm excited for the show today. Well, I appreciate the preparation. I love to hear that. And I love hearing that I've played even a small part in helping perpetuate this mission because it's really inspiring. It is a solution that anyone can implement. They can decide today to do so. 
and you don't have to convince the rest of the world. We don't have to worry about mass adoption. It's just doing it. It's just the action. And yes, I first heard you on the high wire and then we did that interview, which was early on in everything. And since then you've done, I think you said 250 interviews on podcasts and various platforms, and you've helped people in all 50 states and 54 countries. So a lot of people have responded. I do think your passion is contagious. Talk to us a little bit about the last two years and how things have grown. It's really becoming exponential. And there's something very interesting happening. As we all know, in the world right now, we are at what I would call, for lack of a better term, war. This is a war on humanity. And I've been obsessed with asking questions related to this situation now for over, I would say, about 16 years. It was 2007 when I first red-pilled, partially. And then as I started asking questions and diving into the matrix, I started uncovering layers of the onion. And I love asking new questions. What the heck is going on in the world who are we, who are our enemies, and how do we catalyze a shift that leads to mass adoption of simply using our resources wisely? And through obsession, I have come to learn some very profound truths, which I'm excited to share with y'all. Yes, please do. What are some of those profound truths? Well, the ultimate truth is that we are spirit. We are source. The omnipresence and omnipotence of that which some people call God is everywhere. It's everything. It's the wellspring of all life. It's the frequency that Tesla spoke about when he said, if you want to find the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. But the word think is misplaced. And it was probably misplaced by the 1984 crew that George Orwell talks about. The word, the experience, Experience is what we need, the experience of presence, the experience of being here now, fully present to what is, and then through that experience of presence come ideas, ideas that lead us into new things, and then there's something else very profound about the experience of presence, and that is lack of fear. When we are in the present, we are no longer slaves to the slave system, to the beast system that is all around us. Very true. Yes. Maybe we need to feel it rather than think it. And with that caveat, Tesla was probably quite right. And I am curious what you hear as the mental stumbling blocks from people when you get into this, because I've heard you say that what you're doing is working to unravel what you call the ultimate psyop. Well, how is this the ultimate psyop? It goes all the way back to the story. And I am not a biblical scholar by any means. I pretty much slept through or daydreamed through all of my classes in my Catholic high school, right? So don't take this that way. But the Garden of Eden, this idea, whether it's a metaphor or a true place, is that it's an impossible utopic fantasy, that humanity is bad, that humanity is the problem, that humanity creates the suffering of our world. All of that is BS. It's belief systems brought about by bad science 
through the programming of governmente, which is mind control, and it's all bullshit. The truth of our world is that there is abundance everywhere. There's free energy systems everywhere. An apple seed is a free energy system. An apple seed can turn into infinite exponential apples over time. So then when we become aware that this ideal of the Garden of Eden is a possibility, then something happens. We become inspired again. And so my questions have been around how do we show people? How do we demonstrate and help everybody experience the truth of our God-given natural system, the Garden of Eden? And the solution is right in our face. It's we demonstrate it. We create these systems in our yards and we invite people over to taste it, touch it, smell it, feel it, to experience the frequency, the raised vibration of nature as the butterflies go by and the sounds of the bees. It's like a symphony. Contagious and inspiring. And I always look this up again when I'm doing this kind of an interview, but there is an estimated 65,000 square miles of lawn in America, which is the same size as the state of Illinois. And on top of that, there's many more square miles of unused or depleted land. Space really isn't our problem, but what are some of those mental stumbling blocks that people have? Because everybody gets in their own way and there's always an excuse for something. If you want to do something, you got to just do it. But we can come up with excuses all day as to why something doesn't get done. But when you're talking to people, what are the big stumbling blocks or the things where they come to you and say, well, I can't do this because X, Y, or Z, even though they really can if they got out of their own way? Exactly. The ultimate stumbling block, the foundation of humanity's enslavement is trauma brought on by governmente. And it is the government, in fact, many government officials, including my favorite one to talk about, is Henry Kissinger. He said, if you want to control the world, control the world's currency. If you want to control countries, control oil. If you want to control people, control food, right? So the government creates the fear and the scarcity through the control mechanism of food. So that's the foundation. And the lawn, by the way, is the physical foundation of humanity's enslavement. We have been programmed to believe that a lawn looks more beautiful. Now, if you look at a lawn, it's a monochromatic plant. Most of it is GMO'd, and almost all of it uses poisons on a monthly or quarterly basis, like glyphosate or Roundup. Now, if you look at how much has these companies like Monsanto been sued during class action lawsuits for the use of Roundup, which causes death. You'll see something like $11 billion. And yet this product is still on the shelves of our stores all over, the Walmarts and the Home Depots of the world, right? So again, I'm going to share with you the problem, but I'm also going to share with you the very clear and simple solution that will change the world and I see it happening in the next 14 months. Mm. <laughs> That's very interesting. One other thing about stumbling blocks is I know a lot of people commented last time, well, this is all nice if you're a homeowner, but I rent, so I guess I'm just screwed. And again, that's like victim mentality, victim thinking. Instead of thinking, how can I solve this problem? 
Do you really need to own land or can you go to a landowner and say, hey, this little patch here in the back, you won't even have to mow it anymore. I'll take care of it. I'll get the plants in the ground and we'll split it. Or, you know, maybe we build a chicken coop. I'll build the chicken coop. You have the land and we'll split the eggs. These things produce. So a lot of people, instead of thinking about how can I overcome some obstacles in my life right now, they just think, well, I can't do it. And they throw up their hands. And that's unfortunate because the land is everywhere. I think on your drive to just work or a grocery store, if you're actually looking left and right, you're going to see all kinds of land and, you know, find out who owns it and start participating. Stop hating, start participating, as Vince Vaughn said, and uh, be cool. But talk to us about some of those things you might want to share in your preparation. Let's get into it. You know, you nailed it. So there's land everywhere. I mean, that's kind of a silly statement, right? There's land everywhere. <laughs> We're standing on it. And yes, you need to take a few more steps. If you're renting a place, like literally, I'm in a rental home right now as I'm building Galt's Landing in Central Florida, which is completely off the grid. We produce all of our own food, water, and energy on site. We have bees. We have seven species of fish. We have chickens and ducks and turkeys and cows and about 230 different types of food producing plants. Now, about two years ago, there was nothing there but a flat cattle pasture, right? So the point I'm making, everything starts with an idea. The idea that you create for yourself, no matter where you are now, garden what you've got or start planting seeds and the seeds start as ideas and then start building that idea. I'll give you an example of my life. My whole life, I've loved fishing. I've loved lakes. I grew up on a little tiny 60-acre lake. And my idea, because there was houses, like every 100 feet, there was another house and another dock around the whole lake, pretty much. And I always had this dream someday of having my own lake, right, where I had the only dock on the lake. Well, now we live on 45 minutes from Orlando with a 430-acre lake where we've got the only dock on the lake. My partner's a pilot, and right next to us, we have a mile-long paved runway bordering our east. We have 50 acres of land that's at the end of a road, and that is the Garden of Eden in the process of creation in St. Cloud, Florida. So when I say I believe this is a game, the ego is the AI. The ego is the artificial. The self is the disconnect. The belief that we are disconnected from source, from spirit, from God, from all that is, is the artificial. And what's happening right now in the world is humanity is awaking. We are going through the ascension, the great awakening, the apocalypse, which means lifting the veil or unmasking. And what's happening with the evil? They're trying to hold us back, right? Evil is lived backwards. The devil never lived. And it's all a game that we have created for ourselves. And the Garden of Eden is the prize. And it comes through light mente. Light mente is enlightenment. It simply means to take the mysticism out of it. It simply means a mind free of fear, a mind free of the programming of government. And when we can rise our frequency up and let go of the fear, then we can take proper action towards complete freedom. I love it. And this is kind of a tangent, but you mentioned uh, some of the problems and even the mystic side of things. 
I've heard you say in other interviews that BlackRock, who we all know is purchasing up and owning everything, it's not just the name of the company, but it's also its intention. What do you mean by that? Oh, I'm so glad you asked because it's all layers of the game, right? The word Satan means adversary. In government, Satan, it's all the adversary. It's the programs that program the AI, which we are coming out of. BlackRock, which was created by Larry Douglas Fink. Look up what Larry is. Douglas is Blackwater and a Fink is a cheater, right? So this guy through trauma, this is a public story that he likes to share. He created a computer named Aladdin and he programmed metrics in this computer named Aladdin so the computer could bet on the market in a way that was more efficient than all of its competition, which are people. So now AI, the computer of Aladdin that now controls about 96% of the S&P, controls all the food around the world, at least all the poisonous monoculture food and all the big farms and the big pharma and all the corporations that are (laughs) sucking the energy. The computer is literally a parasite. It is sucking the energy out of humanity by simply knowing how and when to bet based on all of the metrics and algorithms that have been programmed by a traumatic individual and their whole network into the system. So that's the problem. The problem is that the computer is currently investing in the death of our world in black rock. But here's the solution. Let's get into the zeitgeist. And let's let this computer know, let's let AI know, let's let all of our egos know that investing in life, investing in faith and courage, investing in building soil, investing in the Garden of Eden is a much better investment than investing in death. Mm, It absolutely is. And another thing you've talked about is, of course, they're going after carbon and carbon is a building block of life. And carbon is actually made up of six electrons, six protons, and six neutrons. So there again, that's very curious. Is that dark or have they flipped the meaning of 666 in some regard? I mean, this campaign goes back a long time, so it's hard to know with the games within games, what's been flipped and what's really evil and what the meanings are. But did they just basically try to convince us that life is evil? I believe they did. Now, there's so <laughs> many weird, cool references around the 666 number, right? The iPhone, it's an apple with a bite out of it. It's the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Look up what the first apples were sold for. $666.66. Then you look at the Microsoft patent that came out in 2018, 2019, 2020, 666. Look this up, everybody. It has to do with human bodily activity and cryptocurrency. Now sit with that for a minute. Wait a minute. Human bodily activity somehow attached through the means of computer technology, of artificial intelligence to human bodily activity. So now you've got the technology of the mark of the beast, which is known by 666. And then they come out in Congress and they put up a house resolution and everybody can look this up, HR, and it's called, by the way, the TRACE bill, tracing, reaching, and contacting everyone as a law, HR 6666. 
So now you've got the technology of the mark of the beast, the law to enforce the technology of the mark of the beast, and people are willingly, through coercion, manipulation, fear, and shame, they're saying, yes, give me that mark. Mm. It's pretty clear when you frame it all like that, they want to capture not only all of our attention, but now all of our movements when really our attention and movement should be focused on the solutions to all this. We've gone over the problem over and over and over again. We talk about it. We almost fetishize it. But yet the solution is actually quite simple. And what would you say about that solution for people who maybe are starting to feel the juices flowing, getting a little inspired? What's step one? What do you what do you say to people? Step one today is decide to be free in your heart and your mind. There's nothing more important as a first step than making the decision. I am no longer going to be a slave. I am going to let go of all fear because this physical skin suit, this meat suit is an illusion. It's temporary. And everybody knows that it's temporary. So then let's step into who we truly are. Source, spirit, frequency, energy. Let's take a deep breath, rise our energy, and then go out and start planting seeds. Go to the store. If you want to buy a couple pots and put them in the ground, put good soil in there, start growing whatever vegetables you like to grow if you don't have a yard. And if you have a yard, then go get some fruit trees, some bushes. Start designing your yard, starting in your mind and then in your physical soil, in your physical reality. And by the way, if you want help from this, this is what we do. It would be ridiculous for us to do anything else but help people do this. Right? That's what our whole mission is all about. Start going in and start creating abundance all around you. And what will happen is your energy will all of a sudden turn from contraction, which is what fear does. It's a contraction of energy, of creativity, of soul, of spirit. And it'll start expanding. And that expansion is felt by every being around us. Hmm. What about stories? You've helped so many people. Do you know of any inspiring stories of individuals who have heard you on some show and said, you know what, I'm going to contact Jim. I'm going to get a design going. I'm going to actually implement my own food forest. It's so many. And these are so much fun. So we now have Freedom Farm Academies, which are kind of the ultimate food forest demonstration and education sites going up around the world. We've got them going up in Thailand. And very soon it looks like in multiple places in Africa, in Canada, in the United States, a Freedom Farm Academy is simply an off-grid homestead that produces all of the food, water, and energy needed by the family, by the community on site. It also incorporates all of the systems, the solar, wind, whatever types of energy systems that can help power the whole thing, along with water systems and all of the components that lead to freedom, including the educational elements. In fact, I just did a tour this morning. Some people came to God's Landing and I toured them around. And so far, with about a thousand visitors in probably six months, we have a 100% inspired rate. Not one person has ever left Golf's Landing and said, this sucks. <laughs> I believe it. Having been there myself, which I really appreciate you giving a tour to me and the wife and our little girl, it was pretty clear that 
Our little girl loved walking around there. There was that weird synchronicity of a white rabbit popping up. And you're like, I don't know who brought this rabbit here, but someone dropped off what seems like a pet rabbit who now lives outside. And it was pretty magical. You know, the little girl's picking up things and you're like, it's all edible. She can eat anything, putting random uh, leaves in her mouth. And I tried that cranberry hibiscus, which was a new one. And I'm clearly going to be thinking about that when I implement my own situation. And I'm glad that I'm just a couple hours away now. So if there are events, you know, I can come out there and get more inspired and bring it back home to a place where I finally have the space to do such things. But there are aspects of Galt's Landing that I wanted to make sure I asked you about. One is the sign out front and just the general ways you're working around the conventional system. And instead of letting it stop your progress or just halt your mission, you have found some workarounds where, again, it's based on not being in fear. But talk to us about that sign and some of the things that go along with that. Yes. So at the front of our property, we have a civil peace flag flying. And I just learned this about two years ago. There are three types of recognized flags in the United States. And we've all seen the normal flag, which represents war. It's a wartime flag. And then we have the flag with the gold trim. That represents a captured flag. We should probably be flying that actually right now. (laughs) Um, And then we've got the civil peace flag. And you can look this right up on Google or whatever. And it represents what we are all about. We are demonstrating abundance and peace and service to our community. Then the next layer of signs are signs that revoke implied consent. In other words, if any official from the government thinks that they have the right to just show up on our property and trespass, we make it very clear at the beginning of our property that they do not have that right. And we cite case law that tells them that they do not have that right. And then within our property, within my property, which is in trust, we did not ask for government permission. We are going completely outside of the system of government because what the government will allow us to do is they'll allow us to poison and cut the land. They'll allow us to spray glyphosate on everything. But what we're doing, creating the Garden of Eden, creating pure abundance and paradise, which is, by the way, attracting a massive amount of life. Even since you were here, Greg, the butterflies and the life has went exponential. And that's illegal. Now, the difference between lawful and legal is profound. Legal is the undoing of natural law or God's law. What we operate under is lawful, which is natural law or God's law. So we are standing with faith and courage and service to our community. And we are saying, no, we do not comply. I love it. And it's all represented in that amazing statue you have in the center courtyard of the baton coming down and somebody just stopping it. It's a beautiful piece of art. And It's great to see so much stuff centered around there. Anyone who's curious can look at my Instagram. We cut a little promo right from that spot. But in terms of the inspiring stories, I remember one you had told about someone who worked with you who has a place in Montana, I think, and they really have seen things explode. They have species on their land that are not even really supposed to be in that area. 
And it really just got me thinking about biodiversity itself. Like, where does it really emerge from? It's kind of a magical thing. It's the ultimate magic, right? So yeah, my buddy in northern Minnesota, just right off the tip of Lake Superior, like a mile from the lake, where it's very cold. His food forest, which started like five or six years ago, makes ours look like a baby. It has over 300 different variety of edible and medicinal plants. They've got birds that have never been documented in the United States. They've got like seven types of frogs and four types of turtles. And he's walked outside of his property on other lands, which are forestry lands. And he has estimated that over 100,000 plants have germinated on other land, food-producing plants, because of his food forest. So what that implies, what that demonstrates, actually, is that a food forest is an exponential free energy system. The birds, the wind, the rain will come into his food forest, and it will take the seeds of life, and it will spread them all around, right? So the amount of energy that has went into the destructive, the black rock-ishness of what our current system is, is really profound. It's evil. It's the opposite of live. But now that we are becoming aware, and awareness is key, awareness is the first step because we cannot make a new choice without being aware that there's a new choice available. So once people become aware of the exponential nature of nature, then they start taking steps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is really great. Minnesota, not Montana, but really interesting stuff. With biodiversity, there are some experts who have looked at the Amazon and said, hey, this isn't just random. This was actually cultivated by the people who lived here for probably many generations. And sure enough, there are thousands of species that live only there. And sure, being in the tropics is a piece of the puzzle but clearly it can be done in Minnesota as well. And you just think about all this time, billions of people, and how few have really even tried to embark on this sort of journey. And kudos to you. I talk to so many people who have really bright ideas and forward-thinking, outside-of-the-box concepts, and a lot of it might be in the realm of energy, and they don't get as far as you have gotten with implementation. And just the call that we put out last time for people to reach out, they could get involved on the level of actually working within the organization. They could get involved in taking up on one of your services. There's a lot of ways people could get involved and there are new ways now too, since we last spoke, right? That's correct. So the Freedom Farm Academy is kind of the ultimate way where if anybody has the resources, which don't always mean money, connections, like I want to share this. 30 months ago, I was dead broke. I was more than broke. I was $80,000 in debt and I didn't have a job because the government shut down my business, which was a string of failures. I started a mortgage company when I was about 30 years old and in three and a half years did $1.3 billion in revenue, made a lot of money, bought a yacht, lived on the ocean for a year. I thought I was really cool. The coolness led to arrogance, and I thought, oh, whatever. And then I learned permaculture, and I red-pilled, and I had my daughters. And I went through this period of scarcity, and it was a 15-year period where I was losing, 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 losing until I got to the end of my financial rope. My credit was all maxed out, and I had no income. And that's when I was bawling. I stepped into faith and courage, and I all of a sudden, everything lit up. So then 
the process led to creating and demonstrating, not just talking about how we actually change the world and catalyze a shift, but actually demonstrating this life. And very interestingly, I will be moving to God's Landing in October. And at the same time, the world is going through this epic transition and chaos. And it's such a perfect flowering. It's an opening of human consciousness, like Eckhart Tolle talks about. So one level is the Freedom Farm Academy. The other level is simply being an abundance ambassador, somebody who simply just wants to take these ideas and share them, whether it be through your computer, on social media, on Instagram, on any of these platforms, or by planting food and then sharing your abundance, sharing your surplus with your friends and family. Mm. I had to write abundance ambassador down. That might make it into the title because I like things like that. Another thing you mentioned to me is that you have a project called Modern Homestead. How is that different from Freedom Farm Academy? What are you doing with that? So very interestingly, the Modern Homestead, a friend named Evan came to the property. He heard about what we were doing and he brought a film crew and they filmed an episode for their TV show called Modern Homestead. And it actually aired where the third episode, I haven't had time to watch it yet because I've been very busy, but I heard it, it's pretty good. The third episode, they demonstrate and they show golf's landing, what we're doing. And we are also creating a subscription service, which I'm so excited about. Not Modern Homestead. This is going to be through Food Forest Abundance. And the subscription service will have a bunch of permaculture professionals freedom law professionals, and all of the different elements that lead to a free and open society. And we are going to have the permaculture folks, they're answering questions. So if somebody says, I want to learn how to be free, they can type in whether it be they have a certain bug on one of their plants, they can take a picture of that bug and say, what is this? Is it good or bad? And what should I do about it? Boom, they'll have the answer at their fingertips in minutes all the way up to how do I get off-grid with energy? How do I get off-grid through trust and all the different components of freedom? I love that. Obviously, I'm a big proponent of subscription-based processes, but I really think a lot of people can think about their current job that they might not even like very much, but hopefully there's something in that job in which they find themselves proficient as an expert or something that they're inspired by within that framework and then reverse engineer the amount of money you get paid by the company you work for. And then think, if I just took my own expertise and I created my own infrastructure and I went freelance and I got customers on a subscription-based business and a business model, how many people would have to sign up before I equal my old paycheck? Now I have no boss. Now I work whenever I want. No morning alarm clock. How many would it really be at like, say, 10 bucks a head. And when you do that math, it's like, wow, a thousand people, like not that many. I mean, a thousand people, that's 10 grand a month. Who makes that? Not a lot of people I know. So yeah, reverse engineer that. And we watch these people online with millions, you know, these huge view counts. And it's like, how am I ever going to get there? You don't need to get there. You really only need to get halfway there or a quarter of the way there. And another stumbling block for people is always, well, I'm not going to be the best. And I say, well, are you the best at what you do now? Probably not. Not the best in the world. You're just a guy who does the thing. So be a guy who does a different thing that makes you a little more happy 
with your life. So I think that's really awesome. A database for this kind of stuff, because when you get into it and you do start experiencing, especially in Florida, insect infestations and that kind of thing, you have really specific questions and needs that there are answers for, but sometimes it's hard to get at them. Having that resource, I think that's a great way to go. Yeah, it's so exciting too, because service is the ultimate benefit to everybody, right? And the more we can serve, so if anybody listening has a particular skill set that you like sharing with people, start there. Mm-hmm. How do you create a community around sharing that skill set and helping other people develop their skill set? And this can be done by anybody. So our skill set is helping people grow food. That's our primary skill set. And then that leads to freedom of all kinds. So that's what our whole subscription is about, is about how do we show people where the answer to all their questions is literally at their fingertips. Yeah, that's really cool. And I wanted to go back to something you said, you referred to a food forest as a free energy system. And that is absolutely true, even though it's not the way we typically think of the quest for free energy. But when I was down there with you, we talked about Aaron Murakami and the things he does with his energy science and technology conference. And I know you actually spoke at that conference. I really love seeing previous guests end up connecting. He was supposed to come down there and you were going to maybe try implementing some of the things that inventors and the scientists that work in this alternative realm are working on. How's that gone? Did did anything really happen with that? I know maybe some of it's just in an experimental phase, but you've got the opportunity to have a lot of fun trying things out. That's exactly right. And Aaron, we in fact, we just spoke about two days ago. He's coming down with his team either in October or November, and we are going to have an energy system that somehow uses the heat differential to spin a gear that can charge the batteries in a way where we use a solar voltaic tube to heat the water. So it's really, the sun is a free energy system. When we can use the sun's energy to heat water, that's one way we're going to do it. They also have a water purification system that we are going to demonstrate at Golf Slant. And that's also really exciting because it purifies water 100% or as close to 100% as logical to state at a fraction. And I'm talking like one six hundredth or even better of the cost of traditional water purification methods. And we invite everybody with ideas, come to Golf's Landing. Like our partner McKinley, him and his and our team own New Energy World. And New Energy World is demonstrating steel frame 3D printed construction at a rate that is so much better than stick built. So we keep the trees in the ground and we use steel. So one of the visions that I have is to repurpose, recycle the military industrial complex and turn it into housing. Wow. Yeah. I've never heard anybody say that, but it makes so much sense because we know how much waste there is and all that. And we hear their solution is these massive burn pits over in the Middle East where the people who signed up to try to do something good end up just burning laptops and all kinds of equipment. And then they come down with lung conditions and they pollute the air. It's crazy. So, yeah, something like that would really be. An amazing way to go. For sure. And I'm also eager to share how we are going to change the world in the next 14 months. And I've been boiling this down. It's a three-step process. One is to create awareness 
around the solution, the inspired solution, the inspired action that people can take. And that is the idea whose time has come. It's nature, it's God's design, however, whatever perspective we want to look at it, right? Because some people get offended when you say particular things, but this checks all the boxes. For people who believe in climate change, this is the answer. For people who don't believe in God, but they believe in science, this is the answer and vice versa and vice versa. The answer is to use our resources wisely. So that's what we need to do. The next layer is the influencers. And that's why I'm so thankful for you and what you do. When we catalyze and coalesce, bring together the influencers under a simple common message. And the message is, let's take the poisons out. And when we boil it down to the fundamental, it's glyphosate and Roundup. The amount of glyphosate and Roundup that are sprayed on our lawns on our fields, our 890 million acres of farmland around the world, it's insane to the max. It is what's creating BlackRock. So when the influencers, and I'm talking, I'll say, the, like I'm inviting Joe Rogan and Bobby Kennedy, who I hope to meet on November 3rd, and any of the political candidates, and Tucker Carlson, and all of the biggest influencers, let's come together. And if one of the people I just mentioned, especially Joe Rogan and Tucker Carlson, start making phone calls to their friends, and we get five or six of them, along with the rest of us who might have smaller reaches, but passion. When we come together and we invite Home Depot and Walmart and the corporations who are selling the poison to stop selling death and to start selling life, when we use neuro-linguistic techniques to state it in that way, as a group, they will instantly have to comply because the people will start becoming aware. And once the people become aware, then the corporations cannot go forward because the people will be voting with their money. Right. I'm not as optimistic about the corporations part, but they say the free market is really what dictates things. So if the demand is created, what choice do they really have but to respond and I'd rather go outside of their system even and see like smaller local based businesses and that kind of thing. But whatever, however it happens, I am on the side of life for sure. I'm right there with you. Yeah. And the good news about this message is the corporations are a bonus. It's getting to the people's minds and hearts that will make the difference. And that's why the influencers are such an important part of this, because the people will hear the message loud and clear. And then the corporations will either respond or they'll die and we can compost them. And I love the idea of decentralizing all of that and the individuals creating their own compost tea. And by the way, you can buy a gallon of compost tea, which is mostly dead, online for $30. Or you can get a 50-gallon drum. You can put water in it and you can bubble your own compost tea. You buy a little pump, you buy a little compost tea bag and a little bubbler. Actually, just a bubbler and a compost tea bag. You bubble up 50 gallons of compost tea once you have that equipment for five minutes of effort. And now you've got something that you can spread all over your plants that will grow life exponentially. Mm, I love little things like that. We used to feel compelled to experiment and try new things, and we just really don't anymore. People think they don't have the time, but Really add up all your screen hours, cell phone, social media, television, Netflix, add that all up. I think a lot of us will find some time there 
And that's really what's sucking it all up. Especially these days, we have resources that our parents and grandparents didn't have even though it's our grandparents who would learn how to just build a house or work on a car. Now we have YouTube. We just don't use it for the right things. All the information is more easily accessible, but we are just constantly in this absorption phase and we never really get into experimenting or implementing. But okay, 14 months. Step one is the influencers. Take us through the rest of it. Okay, so step one is the idea whose time has come that's nature. Step two is the influencers. Step three is the influencers come together with a common message. The Bud Light thing proved this. I think Bud Light lost like $27 billion in value or 27% or whatever there. It was a lot overnight because people were made aware thanks to Kid Rock and these other influencers blasting the Bud Light message and saying, this is wrong, my friends. And so when bigger influencers or the same influencers come together under this message, then the same thing will happen at scale. So it's one, two, three. Idea, influencers, messaging, and we change the world. Fair. I like the passion and I hope it happens. It's like you've got the spark going. You've got the kindling. It's bubbling. You just need someone to throw some gas on it who has that ability. Maybe the Tucker Carlson, maybe the Joe Rogan. I mean, we're talking to enough people right now to fill Madison Square Garden a couple times over. I mean, I'm not those guys, but we do have a lot of people listening. And sometimes it requires seeing it to really be inspired. Like if one person in a neighborhood took the initiative, and then everybody who's walking their dog saw it and like, hey, I really like what you got going on here. Not only can you build community and relationships, but they might start using their land in the same way. What would you say to the people that are listening now? Because we can't control if Tucker Carlson or Joe Rogan ever decides to, you know, take this up. But we do have some people's attention right now. What would you say is the best use of their time? What they can do without having to wait for someone bigger to take the bait? Well, Greg, that's why I've spent the last days preparing for this particular conversation. Because with your history, with your amazing audience, this is going to go exponential. The energy that's coming from our talk right now is going to change the world. And I'm so thankful about that. And I also want to describe life in a food forest. Here's what it's like to live the way that I'm sharing. And by the way, everybody's invited. We have Airbnbs. Our whole mission is to demonstrate this so people go home and do it. The runway, world leaders, the new ones, the good ones, will be landing on the runway. They'll be parking their jets in our property, and they'll be seeing and feeling and experiencing freedom. So when I walk outside my door at Gauls Landing, first of all, I see life. I feel life. There's butterflies and animals everywhere, birds, songs, frogs, everything. And then I look over here, and there's avocados and raspberries and blueberries and blackberries and oranges and grapefruits and tangerines and grapes and passion fruit and lychees and longans and underground there's sweet potatoes and ginger and turmeric and on the ground there's the herbaceous layer and we've got perennial peanut and sunshine mimosa as ground cover instead of lawns in most places and then the next layer is your shorter shrubs and fruit trees and cranberry hibiscuses and salads we've got longevity spinach and okinawa spinach and then we've got moringa trees the tree of life all over the place and all the colors, it's the Garden of Eden. It's exponential abundance. And guess what? 
I can walk outside in 10 minutes without having to go to work and make money to buy my stuff at the grocery store, which is poisonous. I can walk outside and in 10 minutes, I can have a massive basket of really nutritious and delicious food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got to just cut out the middleman that is the money chase and just go right to the source. It's better quality anyway. And it's like, I'm incredibly lazy when it comes to stuff I don't want to do. So I'm a lazy farmer. I don't want to <laughs> really work. I want to go play tennis. I want to go fishing. I want to have fun with my family and friends. I want to party. I want to enjoy life. I want to travel. I don't want to work. So what I've asked myself is, how do I turn this life into work? In other words, how do I get paid to live the life of my dreams? And that's exactly what we are helping people do around the world. Own a Freedom Farm Academy. Live the life of your dreams while you're teaching your community to do the exact same thing. And by the way, we have a design and install team. We have designers and installers all over the world. And our local Food Forest Abundance uh, Golf's Landing install team with Cameron and Riley and all these amazing people, Marcos and everybody, they are busy as heck. They will invite people to Galt's Landing. Those people would become inspired and then they'll say, please help me grow food. So now our local Galt's Landing team has job after job after job installing food for us for Todd Pittner and all these other amazing people around our community. And it's expansive. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I have to also thank you for setting me up with a food forest design. Lindsay did a great job on it. Probably something more to talk about in the second hour because it's too personal with my new space and I don't want to really put it all out there, but it includes the topography. It includes the sun path. It includes the hardiness zone, of course. And she interviewed me basically about what me and my wife would want. And it's all in there. The chicken coop where it should be optimally, the trees, the layering, like you said. And the kicker is that it requires less maintenance than a lawn. So people think the lawn is simple. It's not simple. You got the mower, the trimmer, the weed killer. You got to store all this stuff. It's a lot more work than a food forest is. And that's kind of one of those going back to the ultimate psyop. It's part of it. It's so amazing that we've fallen for this for so long, right? And I have made so many mistakes. I laugh at myself. I'm like, how could I not see this? Because I've been into this for a while. And I built these really fancy greenhouses. I built hydroponic systems. All these vertical things where you, you got to buy seeds or nutrients. I've done all these different things. And at the beginning of the day, our job is to build soil. It's to build life into the system. It's to design. In fact, that's the permaculture science. Permaculture means permanent culture. It started out as an agricultural design science, and it has kind of evolved into a permanent culture science where we take all of the elements of society and we cross-pollinate. How do we stack functions of a particular element? And ponds are my favorite example of this. We started with a blank canvas, just a cattle pasture. We dug about a four acre, 25 foot deep hole. We then used the material in that hole to build up land so we could be out of 
what would be like a 500-year flood zone. And coincidentally, we had a 500-year flood. I think it was Hurricane Nicole or one of those last October, where our cattle pasture was completely underwater by a foot or two, which if we built the houses there, we would have been underwater. But anyway, so now we're six, seven feet out of the water. And when we first dug this hole, and it's water table water that came up, the water was brown, murky. It had no oxygen. It was dead water. So this is a lot of fun. There's a couple of plants. One is called water hyacinth with these beautiful purple uh, violet leaves and another one called azola or duckweed. So when the water started coming up and I noticed it was just dead water, I went to the local pond and I grabbed some water hyacinth and I threw it in the pond. Now, what I did was illegal. <laughs> to transport water hyacinth in your car in the state of Florida is against the law, or at least the legal system. So anyway, I broke the law. Not God's law, right? Anyway, within 12 months, that water hyacinth, which is a filter feeder, it has a web of roots that hang in the water, and they filter the water. Within 12 months, the water hyacinth had expanded at a rate of tens of thousands of percent. It literally went from a patch that was maybe a foot and a half in circumference and diameter to about an acre of coverage. Within a year, the pond was clean. We then took the water hyacinth out of the pond and we laid it on the shore, which was all sand, because when we dug down, there was no light. It was just sand. So we laid the water hyacinth there, and that was a soil builder. And then we put seven species of fish in the pond, sunnies and crappies and bass and catfish, mosquito minnows, fatheads, and shiners. And now, a year later, the pond is just exploding with life, which is also good calories. But here's the fun part. Water hyacinth, which is considered an invasive, horrible plant that we have to spray with Roundup and GlyphSafe, and this is being done, by the way, all over the state of Florida and all over the place where they have this and other plants. They're using poisons that don't just kill that, but they kill everything else around it. And our water hyacinth over the last year has now expanded at a rate that is way less than one-tenth, probably closer to one one-hundredth of the rate. So it is not an invasive plant. The plant had a job to do. And it did its job very well. And now it is very sustainable and very manageable. Mm. And of course, I've seen that pond. You speak the truth. It's pretty impressive. And just the whole space is great. There's probably a lot of people who think, oh, to homestead means I kind of have to be poor. Or I have to look Amish. I've got to sew my own clothes. Like it really isn't like that. You have super impressive buildings there, like homes that I would die to live in. You know, they're amazing. The gazebo on the water is great. It's all set up really high level. So it's, again, part of that PSYOP, I think, has always been to project the archetype of the farmer as poor and sickly and their back is broken and they just hate their life and they're miserable. And the happy guy is the yuppie going to the corporate office. It's just like, we can see now in retrospect, 
how they engineered us to get away from all that stuff, just to suckle at the teat of the system. And I love that you're going the other way. And just before we run out of time, I just wanted to give you the floor. I want to make sure we hit all the high notes of anything you wanted to get out or had prepared just so we can have a, a full action-packed, well-rounded podcast episode here. Was there anything else you wanted to add that we haven't talked about yet? So I guess I want to invite everybody listening to share, to share the message of hope and wellness and joy. This is, as you referred to earlier, Victor Hugo said, there's one thing stronger than all of the armies of the world, and that is an idea whose time has come. The enlightenment, what happens in our brains when we get a good idea, the light bulb goes off. It's a light mente. It's the opposite of government. I'm inviting you to participate, follow, join, collaborate in any way you want to, whether it's with us or with your group or on your own, whatever. I've got daughters. And so I want to inspire you just to do what inspires you, right? If it doesn't inspire you, don't do it. <laughs> and like Joseph Campbell said, follow your bliss. It's the most important, simple message. So you can join us at foodforestabundance.com. We have a newsletter. We are getting massively censored. My YouTube, anyway, I won't get into all that censorship <laughs> because there's layers of censorship that are really amazing. But I also have complete faith knowing that the message is getting out there in the hearts and minds of people. If you want to compost your fiat, if you want to invest, the first place to start is in your own backyard. Create your own self-reliant systems. And then if you want to invest in the bigger picture, food forests at schools, at community centers, if you want to invest in putting food forests, these Freedom Farm Academy systems anywhere, anything like that, let's take the system that's failing and let's transition that system into the system that we're describing, the system that is not a hypothetical solution to mass extinction and deforestation. It's not a hypothetical solution to cancer trends, diabetes trends, heart disease, drug abuse, and suicide. It's a demonstrable solution to all of these things for the individual, the family, the community, and our world. Right on. And foodforestabundance.com is the central hub for all the things you can find Freedom Farm Academy through that. Galtzlanding.farm is where you're at. And of course, you have the Airbnbs. Anyone can come and stay and check it all out. I think it's amazing. I, I would advise people to do that. And as you've said, a half acre, well-designed food forest that stacks functions and includes some chickens and maybe a fish pond can provide enough for 10 people to eat every meal off that space. There's a lot of people that aren't in a 10-person family, so you should have more than enough, enough to barter with some neighbors who are doing a similar thing, growing different things. And I think that's amazing. Again, even for people who don't have their own land, we all know people who do. And if you don't, you can network. You can provide value to someone who has something of value to you. Because just because they have land doesn't mean they have ever got down that far on their list where, yeah, I would like to get some chickens or it would be nice to have a garden here. You can make raised beds. You can split the difference with them. And if you feel like you still don't know anyone, well, that is why I have HiresideMeetups.com, a place where over the mutual love of this show, you can meet up with people at a local brewery, put out the call. I announce it on the show. We've got a long list of places where people are meeting up. 
and then ask the 10 or so people who will likely show up to that brewery. Hey, do you have land? Do you want to do anything? I heard that Jim Gale interview. How can we take that inspiration and make some kind of reality from it? So these are all the things people can do. I just wanted you to talk about that conference one more time, since I'm going to bookend this to the full show for everybody. But 11-11, it's going down. Let us know. It's going to be called The Path to Freedom. We have a bunch of amazing people that a lot of you know a lot of their names. They're going to be coming on site, and you're invited. If you want to stay in an RV, different things, get a hold of us. You can sign up for our newsletter at foodforestabundance.com, and then we'll give you the information as it comes. It's going to be 69 bucks for a whole day's worth of fun stuff. And together, let's change the world. Together is how we win this epic, for lack of a better word, war or game. It's our game, right? So let's rise up and let's win the game because the Garden of Eden is our prize. Mm. Touche. Well said. And I am just really thrilled to play a small role in at least helping get this out. There's episodes where we're just talking about what are aliens really, or how did the CIA fuck us over in the 1960s? Sure, interesting stuff, but this really is something that could create the world we want to have. Even if you don't think permaculture is the most exciting, interesting topic in the world, you'd rather hear about the hollow earth and whatever's going on in Antarctica. I get that. There's many hours in the day, but save a few hours for this kind of stuff. So I'm happy to know you. Thanks again for showing me and the family around the property. I hope to make it to the conference, but definitely now that we're just a couple hours away, I hope to collaborate more often. Your networking ability is great and your passion is contagious and I got the bug. This is the the pandemic we want to put out there in the world. So uh, hopefully people get inspired and uh, keep fighting the good fight, man. You're always invited, Greg. Thank you so much for everything that you do. Oh, oh, it's magic, Ironside Chatters. Another one. The return of the great Jim Gale. I love that the Ironside Chats was one of his first interviews, and it's really nice to see him on so many other shows because this is an idea that's time has come, and Jim is a great example of all sorts of things. Positive outlook on life, entrepreneurship, networking, and community building. The idea of just moving towards a goal consistently and letting it happen. I feel like no matter what you want to do in life, there's something about Jim's approach that you should be able to use. And it's pretty clear that the solutions for surviving the system are things to implement on an individual level. There's no big sweeping change that we can just wait out. There's no next election that's going to improve our situation. Our neighbors and even our families are not likely to do much, but maybe offer some condolences and a temporary couch to sleep on if we allow ourselves to get swallowed up. And this isn't really news. We've always known on an economic level that it's every man for himself, right? But we're talking about more than just that. We're talking about resilience as resistance. We're talking about taking control of more than just the number in the bank account. And you can start small. I talked about how I finally have space down here in Florida where I can actually create an abundant landscape, maybe get some chickens and that kind of thing. But it would have been smarter if I started growing small stuff five years ago. 
microgreens, fruit trees, or berry bushes in pots on the front porch, vertical grow towers on the balcony. I might not have had much land, but every place I've lived has at least had a porch or a balcony. But at the time, I felt like it wasn't enough. But it's a skill you can build on to be more prepared to hit the ground running when you do make it to your ideal situation. And you can get more creative with finding people who own land that they aren't using properly. And you can form strong relationships over the right things. But yeah, I don't have to go over it all again. You heard the show. But I know there will be comments. Well, this is great if you're already rich. This will never work for me. I'm trapped. I can't do it. And look, freedom and opportunity start in the mind. Change your mindset first and then see what's possible. It's almost a waste of breath to even say that because the people who need to get that message can't even hear it. But I know I'm all jazzed up. I really enjoyed Jim showing me and the fam around Galt's Landing. It's impressive what he's done in a short time. I like his willingness to try things and just see what works. I did get a great food forest design from his team. I wish I could show it or at least talk more about the details. But I've definitely overshared personal stuff in the past. 99% of people are cool and it's no problem. But a few people out there use what they can against me. Uh, and uh, I guess I'll just say it's a catch-22 sometimes. Because when somebody does do something creepy or inappropriate, I try to ignore it. And if I talk about it here on the air, well, then they know that I know. And that probably just fuels more of it. But let's just say that I haven't even been in the new house for six months. And listeners have already come to my house uninvited. I'm sure some of them meant well and are just excited. But my wife should not be getting upset about how secure she feels in our new house. That is not cool with me, especially when she's pregnant. This really is just my job. I'm a regular guy who interviews some interesting people. And a couple of folks out there who enjoy the work should take a step back and respect the fact that me and my family do enjoy our privacy. And I think anyone doing this type of show should and would. Oh boy. Well, now that I made it awkward, uh, well, I... Do plan to be at the event on 11-11? If you're anywhere in the area, come on down. A nice public opportunity for a meet and greet in full sun, as it should be done. Dr. Andrew Kaufman, Mike Winner, and several other people that THC fans should know are going to be speaking. It's bound to be a good time, and I hope to see more of Jim and keep letting that passion and motivation rub off on me because he embodies a lot of the qualities that I wish I was better with. Fun stuff. Tell Jim you enjoyed it. If you did, come down to the event, say hey, and see the place. Use the information in this show before you just file it away and move on to the next podcast. If you liked the first hour, the second is full of even more good times and good information. Join Plus, you get five two-hour shows a month instead of just the free first hour. It's easy. Just click the link at the top of the show notes, and you can get access to the Plus Show feed, which you can use to listen to on any of the same old podcasting apps. 
All the same stuff is true if you use the Patreon link, but you can also listen to Plus on Spotify because they are partners, and you can pay for your membership through PayPal. Plus members also get 10% off in the merch store too, don't forget that. And I also just want to let you know I've started putting up video clips from these episodes across the various social media places that we have a presence. One from the first hour and one from the second hour of each episode. And I thank Soundwave for being the guy to pick those and put them together for me. But yeah, we are kicking off November right with actionable intelligence. And let's list off some of the next events on the Higher Side Meetup calendar. This is why it exists. Go meet new people. Figure out how you're going to create local abundance. Next on deck, November 2nd. The Flame International Restaurant in L.A., November 3rd, High Springs Brewing in High Springs, Florida. Also November 3rd, Tarpon Springs, Florida. November 4th, Dunedin, Florida. November 11th, L.A. again and Superior, Wisconsin, as well as a virtual conspiracy therapy PlayStation party chat. November 14th, Sequim, Washington. November 16th, Whitefish, Montana. November 17th, Oakland, California. And we'll leave it there. If you heard a location you're near, hop on the calendar at HiresideMeetups.com to get all the details and RSVP. And if you didn't hear about an event near you, go ahead and make one. It's easy. It's free. It's just a resource I wanted you to have. And with that, I'm getting out of here. The solutions really are within grasp or at least the opportunity to move the needle towards life, abundance, and leading by example, and I hope you do. I've done my part. Your move, scarcity cedars, corporate frankenfood factories, and agents of the ultimate psyop. Your fucking move. They built a little empire out of some crazy garbage called the blood of the exploited working class but they've overcome their shyness now we're calling them your highness and the world screams save me thc they destroyed the bonds of friendship and respect between the only people left